fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I don't know if you're aware or not, but we are the problem. You and me, conservatives, we are the problem with society, with the world around us. It's not anything else going on in the world. It's you and I, the conservatives, clinging to our guns and Bibles. We are the problem with society. <laughs> That's what they try to tell us anyways. Is it true? Let's jump into it today. What do you say? Hey, welcome into the Voice Reason broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening, your millennial general reporting for duty. And I'm not talking about one of those left-wing progressive generals that just says really stupid things because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, those guys, we're talking about like a general of conservatism of traditionalism, of family values, of get-or-done type mentality, of the catalyst of change that you and I can do because we have the power to do so. Nobody else is going to do it. You ever hear that? If you want something done, ask somebody who's too busy to do it because if they choose to do it, they're going to make sure it gets done and it's a priority to them. That's what we do. And we've realized no one else is going to fix our issues. We have to fix them ourselves and I'm talking in the personal level and all the way up to the grand scale you're never going to fix anything unless you do it yourself stop relying on someone else that was the big issue I guess with the QAnon conspiracy wasn't it was they oh you know the government's the military's in control they're going to take over they're going to do all these things they're going to solve these issues for us they're going to expose the the uh evil people of the world for us no no it's not going to and if anybody's going to do it we have to do it because we have that opportunity ourselves. Welcome into the show. Great to have you today. You can find us all over our social media at Who's Your Reason on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, also on Instagram and on TikTok and OurFreedomBook.com and, of course, the website at Who'sYourReason.com. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. We have a heck of a lot to get to today. I'm going to try my best to cram it into the program but I don't know if we're going to get to all of it, so we'll try our best. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Timothy Gordon, author of the book The Case for Patriarchy. What's going on in the world today? Why are we seeing the family uh, the family structure fall apart, and does he have a solution for it? So we'll talk about that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Should be kind of a fun conversation there. But before we get into that, I don't know if you're aware, you are the problem. Now, this ties in somewhat with what's going on in the Middle East and Afghanistan. Of course, Joe Biden pulling out. Or, um, did I say Joe Biden? I did say Joe Biden, right? I didn't say Donald Trump. Joe Biden pulling out of Afghanistan and defending it. He stands square, quote unquote, squarely behind his Afghan decision. Now, as a conservative who feels like it's been a failure all the time anyways, that whole movement, that whole uh, being over there, being involved, when was the exit plan? I don't know when the exit plan was. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because you've been hearing about it on the radio all day. So, But I do want to give my two cents on it just briefly, coming from the outside perspective looking in. I don't have military experience, and God bless everybody that actually does and has gone into the military. I don't travel around the world too terribly much, although as much as I'd like to do so to kind of get an understanding of the area. What I do, however, understand is that when you have an exit strategy, number one, rule number one in exit strategy. 
Rule number one in exit strategy is you do, do not let your enemy know about said exit strategy. That's rule number one. Now, I know that's difficult of letting the general public know of your plans, but at the same time, this goes down to the idea of national security and with our military involvement. So you do not let your enemies know of exit strategy plan number one. Plan number two is that you do it in ways that they don't know that you're doing it. That's usually common sense. Now, do we need to be involved in Af Afghanistan for so long? No, I do not believe we do. Was it a mistake? I don't know that it was a mistake first off. I think something needed to be done. I think we've done well doing what we went out there to do, kind of, sort of. But in exit strategy, look, you're not fighting a country with uniformed coats on, like the red coats back in the Revolutionary War. You're not fighting the Union or the South in a civil war. You're not fighting like the way things used to be. You're not fighting the Russians or the Chinese or the Afghanis. You're fighting an idea. In fighting an idea, you cannot win because there will always be somebody that has that idea, that idealism, unfortunately. And unfortunately, that idealism is radical. It is dangerous. And I'm not talking about the entire Muslim community in any way, shape, or form. If you can see, there are pictures of people desperately trying to get on these planes or at least getting out of the country because knowing that the Taliban's going to take over again is detrimental to them. And as Muslims, they're going to be slaughtered as well because they were friendly in some way, shape, or form to the United States and to Americans. Uh, they're going to be in jeopardy as well. So it's not... Muslims are bad here in any way, shape, or form. This is an idea, a radical, someone who has taken a religion and has used it for the extreme, like no one's ever done that before in the past, right? Uh, taken it to the extreme, has become ideologues and radical ideologues because of this, and it's an idea, it's a philosophy, and you cannot kill philosophy. You cannot win against philosophy because there will always be someone. Have, have we never learned our lessons from the history from the history books. I know that they always like try to ignore history and they try to change it, manipulate. Have we never learned from the history books or even a fictional book for crying out loud? You know, the story of the government that gets scared about something and tries to kill all these people off. And there's always like the, the son or the daughter that ends up like escaping and then growing up and coming back and revolting. Have we not learned from the middle ages when the king gets a little paranoid about the throne being taken away to try to kill off the rest of the family, but yet there's like a second long-distant cousin that raises up, becomes this great warrior, and comes back and overthrows him like 15 years later, 20 years later. Have we not learned this story? You can't kill an idea. You can't kill a philosophy. There will always be someone who is underground, who gets away, who has that philosophy to either hate America or despises our freedoms or wants the more in, like intense radicalism of the Muslim Brotherhood or whatever they want to do. You will never be able to win that. So this war itself has been a little absurd. Did we need to do something? Absolutely. Did I support the idea at the beginning? Absolutely I did. But do we need to get out? We do. But Joe Biden is literally the worst person in the world to have taken this decision on to pull out because, uh, obviously, he doesn't know how to do it strategically. Donald Trump had peace over there. Donald Trump used force. He went in. He got rid of the red tape. He blew up places that needed to be blown up. He defeated enemies that needed to be defeated. And then he walked away and said, boom, job done. We didn't have to worry about the political BS of the red tape. That's what we needed to do. We had them on the run. 
as an organization of Talib, of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and every other organization that's over there. We had them on the run. They were in the shadows. And then we literally said, all right, we're going to pull out and you guys can take over again. And now look at them. Like, I'm all for getting out of the Middle East, but this is the dumbest way to do it. This is truly the dumbest way to do it. But while that's going on, we're the, we're the enemy. Remember, you and I, as conservatives, as conservatives, regardless of your skin color, we're the ones that cling to our guns and our Bible. We're the ones that are against the quote-unquote government. We're the ones that like limited government. We're the ones that like transparency from our government. We're the ones that just like individual sovereignty and liberty. Regardless of what's going on in the Middle East, we're the problem. We have the issues, apparently, because uh, the Department of Homeland Security, which, by the way, didn't exist before 9-11, the Department of Homeland Security, they're coming out with their new summary of terrorist threats in the United States. And their general garbage, their generalizations that they have on their website is a little disturbing, and it's gotten some uh, issues to be raised. I saw a meme on social media that I posted at first, and then I took it down because I wasn't sure how accurate it actually was. And I looked up this stuff and it was kind of sort of accurate, but it was still even taking the Homeland Security's generalizations and kind of even broadening it even more to make it sound more demonic than what it was. Not that it's good in any way, shape or form, but it still was a, a little shady and I didn't like the meme. So I ended up taking it down, but the U S department of Homeland Security has updated their summary on terrorist threats. And do you know what's in there? It really claims, in a way, you and I are the problems. We have little terrorists in the world wanting to destroy us. We have a immigration crisis with zero border at the southern border right now where anybody can walk through, and we're worried about domestic terrorism by evil conservatives and Trump supporters that want to overthrow the government. I haven't heard. I mean, look, I'm about as conservative as you can get. I have yet to hear about any message from us to try and overthrow the government. Hasn't happened, nor would I want to, because we have to clean it up from within and use the system that's not about rising up. That's a stupid thing to do because we can't. <laughs> we can, We have to acknowledge that. We have to fight this battle in ways that we can win. And that's through the political system and through us living our lives by example, by taking care of our communities without the government's help. So every city council member across the nation, listen up. Every county commissioner across the nation, listen up. Every governor or state legislature or attorney general or secretary of state across the nation in every state, listen up. You have to cut your ties from the nannyism that is federal government. And that is how we win this battle bringing politics back to the local level because right now they see us as a threat and they're going to utilize that, especially under the Biden administration, to take full advantage of that scare tactic to come after us. Here's what it has to say. If you can go to this, go to dhs.gov and you can go to the terrorist advisory. The Secretary of Homeland Security has issued a new national terrorism advisory system, the NTAS bulletin, regarding the current heightened threat, uh, threat environment across the United States. The homeland continues uh, the homeland continues to face a diverse and challenging threat environment leading to up and following the 20th anniversary of the September 11, 2001 attacks as well religious holidays we ex- uh, we assess could server uh, sever a catalyst for acts of targeted violence and it goes on about what the targeted violence could be regarding domestic terrorism individual groups engaging grievances based uh, violence and those inspired by motivated foreign terrorists or other malign foreign influences additional details is where it gets kind of interesting because apparently the 
the upcoming remainder 2021 and the anniversary of the 9-11 attacks is somehow tied with COVID, and I'm not quite sure how, but here's what they say through additional details for their terrorism advisory. Through the remainder of 2021, racially or ethnically motivated violence extremists, or RMVEs, and anti-government, anti-authority violent extremists, you're now an extremist, remember, because you don't like the government and you don't like authority. You can do what you want to and respect my authority because to hell with the government. You're a terrorist now. Through the remainder of 2021, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and anti-government, anti-authority violent extremists will remain a national threat priority to the United States. These extremists may seek to exploit the emergence of COVID-19 variants by viewing the potential reestablishment of public health restrictions across the United States as a rationale to conduct attacks. I thought we were talking about the anniversary of September 11th and terrorism. Show of hands, anybody? Has anybody seen anybody say, oh, the government imposed a mask mandate. I'm going to now overthrow them. Has anybody seen this? Because I haven't. What we have said is that we're going to use a little bit of civil disobedience by ignoring said authority and rules because they're unconstitutional. Because just because there's a quote-unquote crisis or a pandemic, that doesn't mean that your individual liberties go away. So we advocate for disobedience of just not believing or not following those rules. No one's talking about an uprising. But because now you're anti-government or anti-authority and you don't like the emergence of COVID-19 variant restraints or uh, any type of restrictions, you're now a domestic terrorist. Did you know that? Congratulations. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You know what's really sad about all this is that while we have actual threats coming uh, from the Middle East because of the way that we did this, again, I don't care. We needed to pull out of the Middle East. I think we needed to. It was time. But you don't do it that way. Like, literally, this is they have no concept of, of planning of long-term goals, except for when it's including their increase of social programs, which we'll get to in a second here as well, because Joe Biden has done another really, really dumb thing by doing one of the largest increases in food stamps since World War II, essentially, the largest expansion of the program. We are now making a a permanent labor shortage in this nation with getting so many people hooked on social programs, they will never leave regardless of what that minimum wage is to get them back into the workforce. Just not doing it. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But while they're doing that stupid decision, we have a border crisis that we still have not addressed. Do you know when the last time was the mainstream media talked about the border crisis and the 900% capacity of individuals, illegals down at the southern border? Andy, they're not illegal. Really? Because they're bringing in viruses like COVID that we're not testing for, by the way. Uh, We've caught how many different individuals that were from the Middle East that tried to sneak across the border, trying to look like they had darker skin to be able to sneak in that way. Uh, And we've caught many of them, who knows how many we didn't catch, coming across the border. We now have the Taliban re-energizing itself because we don't know how to plan ahead of time. We don't know how to pull out incrementally. We don't know how to actually make it look like we're still there, but not really while we slowly do this. What they should have done, and both Republicans and Democrats have done this wrong, by the way, for a while. I mean, you remember George W. Bush at the beginning of the Iraq War when he was on the ship with the Mission Accomplished banner. We did it, my friends. Uh, Yeah, that didn't work out very well either. So Republicans don't like to remind themselves of that, but that was not a good look as well. And we've had some issues. Barack Obama says that he claims to have gotten Osama bin Laden, but at the same time, it took him three days to approve the mission. And he sat there like he was not the leader in that room, if you you look at those pictures. So he was kind of coursed into doing that. Donald Trump took charge. We destroyed ISIS. Now, again, is ISIS still around? Probably underground. Probably hiding right now until they see their opportunity to reemerge again. But we destroyed them. We destroyed their tunnels miles underneath the ground. We shot missiles everywhere and destroyed all of it. And then we said, watch that. That's only a taste of what you're going to get, so continue to do what you're doing. And then you can see the full wrath of our military. He did that without any type of red tape. Joe Biden has been in there for, what, six months now, seven months now, eight months? okay, we're going to pull out of Afghanistan. Wait a second. They're starting to take over again. Ah, Whatever. It's okay. Cool. Whatever. Let's go. What you say is we're going to be here as long as it takes. While you're slowly bringing soldiers home to where they don't recognize it, you use a show of force to try and corner them into the smallest, darkest corners of hell that is Afghanistan in those areas, and you scare them to that to where they are almost non-existent, and then you have a small presence there. You continue to train the local officials, continue to beefen that up to where they feel confident with it, and then you don't even announce it. You just leave little by little by little till there's none left, and then they realize like a decade later, oh, wow. Where'd the Americans go? Like, those guys are all gone. Oh, wait a second. It's their own military now that's actually taken over stuff, and they're strong enough to do it because they were so weak, meaning the enemy. They were weak enough to where we could do that. That's not what we did. We made a big grand announcement, and then we're watching people get slaughtered as we pull out because why the heck not? We're just done. Every person that has died over there as an American soldier, we have officially spit on their grave because of what we just did. And it's sad, and it breaks my heart. But at the same time, that's not the focal. The focal point now is you. You 
You are now a domestic terror. You are a bigger threat to this nation, according to the government in the Biden administration now, than a terrorist trying to sneak across our southern border wanting to do harm. As a potential repercussion in a revival of the September 11th attacks that are coming up in just about a month, less than a month now, you are a bigger threat. Think about that for a second. Because the additional details on the DHS, uh, uh, details of what they're looking out for is terrorism, includes you as an anti-government, anti-authority extremist against COVID measures as a higher priority than the anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, which is the second additional detail um, for those that may try to be inspired from those attacks back on 2001. Think about that for a second. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. It goes by so fast. I don't care what any other show says. We are the fastest hour of radio on radio. Plus the live stream, TV, podcast, all that good jazz as well. You can find us with our live stream on our social media. At Hoosier Reason is the handle. H-O-O-S-E-R Reason on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv. Instagram, TikTok, OurFreedomBook.com, all that good jazz. Plus, we do have the stream on the Podbean Live as well. I had some comments on some of the social media. Where do I call in? So you can't really call in because we just air it so many different times across the country, and it's not long enough right now. Once we get into a two-, three-hour program later on and we're on the satellites and we're all over the hundreds of stations, which we'll get there. I know we're going to get there because we're working on it and we're getting closer each and every day. Uh, once we do that, then it'll be totally open to phone calls right now. What you can do, however, is, of course, leave a message on the social media. You can send me private DMs, uh, direct messages, or you can also email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. And let me know your thoughts, any show topics, any guests, anything you have in your mind. We'd love to hear from you on there. And then that gives us an opportunity to go into What's in the Mailbox? Which I have to admit, I have gotten a lot. I get, I mean, numerous emails every day, and I haven't read many on the air lately, so I apologize for that, and we'll start doing some more of that. I just run out of time. We got one hour to try and cram all this in, because we do try to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five-pound bag. All right, let's get into our latest and what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? So I want to shift gears a little bit. We've talked about the Middle East. We've talked about the domestic terrorism. We'll get into some of that again here in just a little bit. I just, I find it sad and pathetic, but... What can we do about some of that? We just get back to the home front. 
our family values, just showing, leading by example when you want to go to work like you. I know as a conservative, most of you are conservative. Others are on the other side of the aisle that listen. Like, I, I can't wait to hear what stupid thing Andy has to say today. And if you do, then welcome aboard. And <laughs> I know you listen because I get your hate emails all the time. But we lead by example. Politics is coming back to the home front at the local levels, your school board, your city council, your county commission, even your state legislature. It's coming back down to the local home front. And we lead by example. Rather than trying to tell everybody how to live their life, live your life. And if it's successful, they can do one of two things. Either they can say, wow, that person's really successful. What are they doing? You ever talk to anybody like a, you know, a self-help or an entrepreneur talk show or, or a motivational speaker? They say try to surround yourself with those that you like or that you idolize or that you want to be like because then you can learn how they think. You can learn the way of life that they have, their lifestyle that they do every day. You can learn and start uh, mimicking those types of lifestyles in your daily routine. Waking up early, doing the energy stuff, eating healthy, doing the exercise, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You want to surround yourself or you could do that or... You become envious, you become angry, you become jealous like most of the other side, the political side of the aisle and the progressive end of, oh, they have more money, they have a bigger business, they have more value, I don't like them, so let's take that away and put regulations on them so they can't do what they do any longer. You can do it one of two ways, either become or you can fight against it because you're jealous and envious. And I thought jealousy and envy was actually a bad thing. And if you want to be successful, you don't take away from the successful, but you do the same thing as the successful to become successful yourself. Talk about some of this and the family values. What you can do to lead by that example uh, is an interesting twist. An interesting, uh, maybe it's not really a new twist. It's a new concept in today's times because with the other side of the aisle, that really takes things to a whole different level. Super excited to have on here. He's author of the new book, The Case for Patriarchy. You can find him online at sophiainstitute.com, and you can see the book. You can get the book as well on there. But it's the author of The Case for Patriarchy, Timothy Gordon, here with us. Tim, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent, and I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the program. I appreciate this. Talk about your book here. I mean, did we kind of lead this and kind of set the stage for it decently of leading by the example, getting back to some of these family values that I think are kind of the road to success, aren't they? Yeah, you set the table excellently, man. I mean. The point is this. Andrew Breibart said that politics is downstream of culture, and most serious-minded conservatives have been troping this for the last decade. But there has to be at least one stipulation that we append, and it's this. It's that that is true, but that is the narrow, modern sense of politics. In the older, broader, Greeker sense of politics, politics encapsulates culture. And, and really, politics begins with culture. So it, it's not so much a, uh, a distinction as a different kind of stipulation. But the point is this. The, the politics of the family, the, the economy of the family, is the most important aspect of culture because family is the single cell of society. It's where all culture begins. And really, it's where the cultural war ends. So, yes, the family must be a patriarchy. Uh, if you're a Christian, you believe this whether you knew it or not. And that is the beginning and the end of the conversation. It all trickles down to politics. Sure. Talk about, um, uh, when you talk about patriarchy, talk about what you mean by patriarchy in, in today's times. I mean, is it is it having the man kind of head everything and the subservient wife? Is it them working together? I mean, wh when you talk about patriarchy, to kind of explain what you're meaning here. Well, I mean, what the feminists have meant since at least 1848, when first wave feminism 
kicked off this this world historical storm of feminism, which is really properly understood the same thing as proto transgenderism and proto homosexualism. I mean, I'm mainly addressing Christians out there, and it doesn't matter what kind of Christian you are, whether you're a Roman Catholic or a Protestant or a even an Eastern Orthodox. Yeah. It's really, really clear. One cannot at the same time repudiate patriarchy the way it's come into the popular culture to, to do. Even if you're a centrist, you think you have to repudiate the patriarchy. You can't do that as any kind of Christian because the teachings that are common to all three kinds of Christianity inarguably uh, require an embrace of the patriarchy and a rejection of feminism. So you ask, what's the definition of patriarchy? It means, yeah, sure. Um, males lead the household. You know, Christ, if we're talking about Christianity, set up a bimodal patriarchy, one that is clerical for Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox, meaning an all-male episcopate and presbyterate priests and bishops. And uh, pro- uh, Protestants don't have that. But the at the lower level, the household level, a patriarchy there, too, which is basically men are the leaders, the priests, prophet, kings of the household. And I'm addressing Christians, but everyone knows it through the natural law as well. Aristotle and Plato weren't Christian. They knew it. Anyone with any common sense knows it. And in my book, Case for Patriarchy, I go through a whole lot of not just uh, evidence from the patristic or scholastic or modern period of the church, but also sociology, sports, sports medicine, common sense, Everyone knows it, whether or not they're willing to admit it. Very interesting. Yeah, for sure. What kind of response have you gotten from this book? Um, appreciation so far. I mean, look, the pub date is October the 1st, mm-hmm. and so we're still in pre-order. You can okay. pre-order this thing on Amazon.com or Sophia Institute Press. But people are have reached out, and they've been thankful that I've written it. The folks that have written out that are initially critical, uh, have by and large done so in such a way that they're ultimately, if I, if I send them a PDF to pre-read, they're ultimately convinced the book is vindicated. And so I would say the uh, overarching response that I've gotten, which is de minimis so far compared to what it'll be when the, the pub date hits October the 1st, it's appreciation. I mean, thank you for saying what everyone already knows, what Christians tend to have forgotten, but look, this book would make a really poor dissertation. Why? Not because the citation list is so long, um, or so short, but rather because it's so long. Yeah. Dissertations tend to be things that are propositions that are difficult and novel to defend. This is the easiest thing in the world, to preach to a bunch of Christians and say, Christianity requires patriarchy, and it requires that we reject not just second- and third-wave feminism, as weak, tepid conservatives have taken to saying but first wave feminism and all feminism to boot yeah that's interesting it's definitely a case that we don't hear in today's times we're talking with timothy gordon author of the book the case for patriarchy you can find it online at sophiainstitute.com and you can find it on the social media there as well when did it really in your mind and from what you've done with your research when did it really take effect in the church itself. I mean, as you mentioned, I, my, my wife was very traditional in the sense that when we got married, she didn't want a female pastor or a priest because she didn't believe that that was actually proper. And, and growing up in the Church of Christ, uh, so to speak, very, uh, uh, very, very traditional and old school in that sense. 
Um, but now there are churches, obviously, that have let go of that and that where anybody can be the pastor or the priest or whatever uh, type of denomination that you are. When did it really not just affect the family household with the feminist movements, but also within the church and actually start changing the church itself? Well, from the outset of feminism, which is to say first-wave feminism, which somehow always gets a pass from weak-kneed conservatives, uh, there's something called the Seneca Falls Convention, upstate New York, in 1848, which was memorialized in a document by Elizabeth Cady Stanton, first-wave feminist, who was at the convention. This is also the same year, no surprise, that Marx published uh, his famous uh, first, first inaugural document of releasing Marxism into the world like a plague. But in 1848, Elizabeth Cady Stanton says, look, here's a document that memorializes what we just did. It's called the Declaration of Sentiments. And there are five or six primary points that sum up this new thing called feminism, first wave feminism, which today's conservatives are afraid to critique, mm. first wave feminism. And they basically contain all the noxious, most quote unquote extreme aspects of feminism that you see in second or third wave feminism, up to and including saying, let's get women into the clergy. We need to get women um, acting what would be for, for Protestants. Catholics and Orthodox would be sinfully sexually. Sure. We need to get women out of the home. We need to destroy the family. I tell you what, Tim, uh, we got we, we to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? You bet. Awesome. I appreciate that. Timothy Gordon, The Case for Patriarchy. We'll continue this conversation on where that started going that way, as you just mentioned, with the family household taking women away from the household, taking different roles in different positions. Plus, going back to something like that with beta males no in society. We'll do that more coming up. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show goes by way too fast. We have an entire week of awesomeness this week, so don't miss a bit of it as we continue to rock here on the Voice of Reason, trying to bring you common sense and reason. We're talking with Timothy Gordon, author of The Case for Patriarchy. Kind of an interesting conversation here, something you don't quite hear in today's time. Set very foreign, I think, for many individuals, others not so much. And I, I I had to laugh. I was thinking over the break that, uh, you know, the just the way the household works. And um, I definitely, definitely 100%. I am the man of that house. I make the decisions in that home when she lets me. <laughs> See what we did there? So <laughs> let's talk about Tim for a second here. Let's talk about um, getting back to that type of mentality, this patriarchal society. And, and how things used to run and and what things used to be. Can we get back to something like that? Would uh, would we be able to even get back to an idea like that in society nowadays? We have so many, unfortunately, in, in my generation, unfortunately, as a millennial, that are the what we like to call those beta males. They go to the masculinity confession booths and they try to be the beta. We can't be, you know, that alpha male trying to grab the attention of the female, which I don't know, it's worked for since the beginning at dawn to do stupid things to gain their attention and starting fights and being the adrenaline junkie and, you know, trying to impress women. We can't do that anymore because that's like ultra masculinity and super bad and that's promoting rape culture or something. Um, because I think you're right. I think in many of those aspects, I think that the feminism movement has taken things way too far to uh, try and belittle men instead of actually trying to work together. So with that mentality being promoted right now, is there a way to try and jack up those guys to be those alpha males again? Nope. Oh, are you are you there, Tim? Maybe. Oh, no. We'll try and hold on here and see if we can't get him back here. Let's try one more time, see if we didn't have an issue with the phones. Tim, are you there, my friend? Nope. All right. Guess we lost him. That's unfortunate. I wanted to. That was a perfect question. It was a lead up and a segue and then boom, he's gone. We'll try. Sorry. We'll try and get him back on the show a little bit later. Uh, not a big deal for today. But uh, again, the case for patriarchy, you can find it at SophiaInstitute.com. It's an interesting concept for sure to talk about the hierarchy of what society used to be. And and uh, now I, I disagree, I think, personally with the sense that females obviously can't have a voice in that sense because I think that we are, uh, we unite, we're, we're perfect. We fulfill each other's voids. Obviously, the men overall predominantly are the ones that are supposed to be kind of the, uh, the, uh, the go-getters and the ones to go find the, find the meat and find the animal and drag it back into the cave sort of thing. The women are supposed to be the nurturing ones that are supposed to like educate and raise and come back to that level. And then they complete each other. They work together in that sense. Uh, and we definitely have lost that in that balance in society, that balance in, I guess, if you want to call it male, uh, male energy and female energy, that that balance has been completely messed up with some of the movements that we've had uh, throughout the seasons. But I think we have him back online. Let's try this again with uh, Tim. Tim, are you there, my friend? Yo, yeah, I'm here. There I don't know go. what happened. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know what happened. That's all right. I don't know if you heard the question or not, but my question was with so many with the push for beta males, the, the masculinity confession boost, the trying to bring men down and lower the testosterone, not try to attract women through the alpha level of fighting or adrenaline junkies or trying to be that domineering kind of guy. We've demonized that so bad with my generation, the millennial generation. Can we get back to that type of mindset of actually making them alpha males again? Well, of course. I mean, look, Plato said that to, to, inv- to instantiate the kind of radical 
cultural turnaround that you're envisioning, it takes two generations. But that doesn't mean that we don't start preaching it and baking it in now. The, the problem with the baby boomers and the 70s, you know, the advent of second wave feminism, which everyone admits on the conservative side was bad, was 1970. So the problem is they just gave up the fight, like all of these other cultural right-wing important movements, all of them are actually less important than feminism. <laughs> the original sin is feminism. But, uh, yeah, of course it can, uh, we can restore masculinity. The problem is this, whether you're, again, a Protestant, a Catholic, you go to these church events like restoring mas- masculinity conferences, and then all of a sudden, and I speak at a lot of these, by the way, you stand up and you start saying, look, seven or eight books of St. Paul in the epistles are very clear that men have to be the household leaders. Women can't do the job. All of the earliest writers like the Patristics, St. Jerome, St. Augustine, St. Ambrose, they're all saying this. And then the guys all start interrupting you that are leading the Restoring Masculinity Conference. Yeah. We have to be willing to throatedly say it. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm trying to do with this book, Case for Patriarchy. Oh, I love it. It's the Case for Patriarchy. Find it at SophiaInstitute.com. You can get the book order October 1st is when it's released. Timothy Gordon, Tim. I appreciate the conversation, my friend. Let's do this again real soon. I appreciate it. Thanks a million. Hey, thanks a bunch. Appreciate that. Does it for us today. Podcast going up in a little bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.